Hello and welcome friends. You are now listening to the new grad physical therapist success blueprint audio experience. I am the host of this podcast, Javier Carlin, the founder of the new grad PT mentors, where we help new grad physical therapists like yourself to become confident clinicians, increase their worth as PTs and take control of their finances without burning out or needing 10 plus years of experience. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. It means the absolute world to us. And if you have any questions at all, reach out to us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. If you haven't already, make sure to join our free Facebook group, New Grad PT Mentorship, and follow us on Instagram at the New Grad PT Mentors. Thank you so much. In now, this episode the of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint Audio Experience, Tune in to listen to Dr. Sean Lorden's experience with getting his OCS certification, advice on how to get through initial feelings of unpreparedness when it comes to the integration of rehab, and what eventually led him to opening up his own successful concierge practice. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram story, tag us, and we'll make sure to repost it onto our story. All right. Welcome back to the New Grad PT Success Blueprint. This is your host, Javier Carlin. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Lorden. He's a graduate of Northeastern University, Doctor of Physical Therapy Program. He is specialty certified in orthopedics by the American Physical Therapy Board of Physical Therapy Specialties. Um, he is the owner of Concierge Physical Therapy in Massachusetts. His clinical expertise ranges from treating pediatrics to various professional and, and, and Olympic, Olympic athletes. He has made a habit of establish, establishing routine protocols to help adjust and restore your body from the high demands of today's job market. Sean, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me out here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we had a great conversation before this and uh, we both wish we would have just recorded that because it was, <laughs> we dived into it pretty. We definitely should have. But. Yeah, we definitely should have, but uh, we'll, we'll probably dive into, into some of those things again. Uh, so Sean, can you give the listeners a glimpse of your background and then just dive into your journey after graduating from PT school? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, went to the six year, the straight six year doctorate at Northeastern Boston and, um, you know, I was always interested in orthopedics, sports medicine, did a, you know, rotations across the country. I was in Georgia at uh, sports medicine of Atlanta, then I was in, um, you know, Utah in an acute care setting, and then, uh, you know, another orthopedic clinic in San Diego. And, uh, you know, through those travels, I kind of figured, you know, just every, you know, the different parts of the country is, you know, treatments, you know, kind of, they, they vary, but it's, you know, it's still pretty similar all the way across, but you know, the one thing that changes is sort of, or the, the clientele, right? So yeah. you know, I knew that where I wanted to settle was where I grew up in, you know, the central mass area, because I know the demographic, I'm comfortable with it. And, um, you know, now as a business owner, you know, it's just, you know, I just, it's the right place, you know, it's the right place for me. And um, I just, you know, I know the clientele and, you know, it's just a good, you know, it's a solid you know, it's a solid demographic, you know, people yeah. want to get better, they're healthy, we get the athletes, we get everybody. Um, so yeah, so, you know, I worked for, um, so when I graduated, you know, I knew I wanted to sort of become board certified in, in something, whether it was orthopedics or sports or, you know, something just to get the basics, you know, get all the diagnostics down. So I took Mass General's uh, elevating, you know, I forget what it's called now, but it's, it was a, about a year and a half long course 
and it was taught by Steph Jones, who was sitting on the board of, um, you know, she was an item writer actually for the OCS at the time. And, Mm. uh, you know, so it was an MGH basically con ed and it was was just specific to orthopedics. And, you know, they went through all the, you know, it was basically a graduate course of, you know, of PT for those orthopedic, um, you know, for the OCS, it was OCS prep. And it was part of the residency program is the didactic portion of the residency program for MGH. So there are three, three MGH OCS residents who took that as their didactic. So they had to score, you know, 80% or higher on the tests. And then, you know, they, they shadowed a, you know, a manual therapy certified PT. Okay. Or, you know, the other, whatever. But uh, yeah, no, it was a great experience. It was like every other Saturday for like a year and a half. And uh, you know, so back then you had to do, I'm not sure what it is now, but you had to have, three years of experience in order to sit down for the boards. Is it still, is it still that for the specialty certs? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Whatever it is, you can either go straight into an OC, like a residency program and then take it at the end of that. Or you could do, you know, the three years working for, you know, just working and have, you know, X amount of hours experience. Okay. I thought that made the most sense because otherwise you have to take a pay cut in order to do this residency program. And I'm like, well, I have all these loans. I can't. Right. <laughs> pay cut, you know, so, um, yeah, it worked out well for me. And I, I think that, uh, you know, any new grad going through, you know, the OCS and those sort of programs really help you understand the, the realm of everything you're dealing with, right? So it's more diagnostic, right? So okay. you're never going to be a manual certified, you know, it's not going to teach you much manually, but you know, diagnostically, you're not going to screw something up, right? Right. Because you generally know, you know, like just all the stuff that you see, like, there's so many things that I, I, and I'm still learning every day too. Um, you know, just random, random things like, uh, but you know, so I've got a couple of new grad therapists and, uh, that work for me and it's just like things like Seaver's disease, like just normal stuff that you look up mm-hmm. like apophysitis, like in a, you know, a teenager, like it's so common, but how often do you see an apophysitis in the sacral ALA or the, um, you know, an apophysitis of, you know, your sartorius or, ASIS, like maybe you see it like a couple times a year, but right. <laughs> it's not super consistent. So it could easily present as just a muscle strain or, you know, and you think it's a strain or a ligament sprain, you know, but you need, those are things that you just need to be able to, the whole realm of diagnostics is, is, um, is important. You really need to know, um, you know, like a myalgia parasitic, just random stuff that you just, you right. want to, you just don't have it there until you've been practicing for a while because you see it once and you're like, okay, now it could potentially be this, you know, am I going to treat it differently? You know, mm-hmm. number one, um, and what am I going to do to assess, you know, to find that? So I think the diagnostics, the assessment, you know, that definitely sharpened up when I was studying for the boards. Um, but, uh, you know, I do dry needling, I do, you know, a couple of Graston, you know, the basics. For- right medicine um, do you feel like so so for me going going through pt school and well i didn't really really realize it until afterward but do you feel number one did your pt school prepare you uh i think we dive into a lot of di- like diagnosis um and and we do a lot of that in pt school but as far as like the rehab process and and the art of rehab uh, what that looks like throughout someone's uh, full plan of care 
do you feel like number one, you got that in PT school or as much as you should have? And number two, like throughout the OCS, um, as you were going through that process, does that prepare you more for that aspect of it too? Or so here's where, you know, and Northeastern's got a great program and, you know, I, I laud them for doing a great job, but, um, there's no, so an outpatient, you know, Therax is 50% of what we do. There's zero Therax training in Northeastern. Hmm. So, you know, one of my buddies, Eric uh, Lagoy, is uh, now teaching uh, some sort of program at Quinnipiac that's like, it's like a Therax class, basically. But, you know, to come out of a program and not, re- I mean, so they teach you all the manual stuff, I, I guess, during MS Lab, right? Um, but they don't really ever teach you how to put it together, right? Because the right. clinical integration is more like hospital acute care stuff, right? So like it's basically teaching you how to be, a, you know, an MD or a PA. Right. Um, but it's never really like clinical integration specifically, at least at Northeastern eight years ago for... Um, you know. it, blow, it blows my mind too. You're not alone because it's still happening. <laughs> so what happens is you, get, you then get students who are like, they have no effing clue right how to piece together because at northeastern we i did a year of co-op in orthopedic clinics so i I used to you could you went through all the exercises with everybody so you knew the diagnoses generally you knew a lot of the exercises because you just have exposure to it um you don't necessarily know the manual component but you pick that up you pick that up during clinicals right um but shit i mean i knew exactly what i was getting into (laughs) co-op experience and that's the feedback that i gave to a local program because you know, the students that were coming through were just, you know, they were weak and, uh, in my opinion, not properly prepared, um, you know, for the, for the clinical experience. And we're talking about that, like a CE3, like a last clinical and hmm. part of it was diagnostics. I mean, you're not going to know everything. You're, you're still a student, but right. You know, and you can handle the caseload, but it's like, if you don't know what to do because you've never really seen it working as a co-op or an aide, you know, you need to have exposure to that because if you just come out and you don't know exactly what to do because you've done it a hundred times, you know, maybe you didn't know the diagnosis, but that's, you know, that's what they should be teaching us in school. And I feel like, yeah, sort of drop the ball there, but yeah, it's so interesting. So initially I thought it was, I, I was like, it must be my program. Like it must just be our program for some reason. Like they just don't teach that to us. And I think that's the most important part of what we do. Uh, you know, um, actually being able to treat someone and progress them through their, you know, you know, different phases of rehab. And I quickly found out that that's not the case that that's actually, uh, a lot more common than I initially thought. So it wasn't until I, you know, graduated and, you know, learned, um, you know, what the, the, what the phases are and actually how to integrate what we do as physical therapists with Therax and, you know, some manual initially that, that I finally understood it. Um, Never mind trying to figure out, you know, all the complexities of people who, you know, I'm right next to a CrossFit. A lot of those guys don't give a shit about exercise. They don't want to, they're already exercising (laughs) two hours a day. Yep. They want to come in and get the manual and go, you know, they don't want to deal with any corrective, like maybe a couple correctives or like a home exercise that might change every couple of weeks. But those are eccentricities that like, you know, you can't, you can't just treat them like cookie cutter and be like, okay, here's your 30 minute manual, you know, and here's 30 minutes of Therax, like right. just to get my aid or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like you gotta, it's just, um, you know, there, you just gotta be good you know, and you gotta yeah. figure out fast. Yes. If you don't, you're you're, you're going to sink and not swim, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, that first year out of school for you, you know, as a new grad PT, 
what what were you personally struggling with because i think it's important for you know new grads who are coming out of school now to uh, understand that other people like a lot of us struggle with very similar things and just kind of how you navigated that and um how you overcame it you know i think for me it was more um you know delegating to aides you know Aides were like the same age, right? And so they're like, oh, who are you to tell me what to do? You know? Right. So managing that, that sucked. Um, you know, I kind of knew the job. The job wasn't bad. You know, just you learn. I was always reading. I was on JOSPT like every day. <laughs> articles, reading all the clinical prediction guidelines, you know, all the, um, not CPGs, but um, yeah, I think they are CPGs. Like the low back, like, Achilles, it was like maybe 10 of them or 20 of them now. Um, but they basically tell you like what's got evidence on a scale of like A to F, you know, what techniques work to fix, you know, Achilles tendinopathy and this and that. And they just don't teach us that in school, you know, and that sort of opened up my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, look at all these CPGs, low back, you know, you got to do, you know, really low back while the jury's still kind of out on low back. It's more <laughs> strengthening and, you know, it's really diagnostically specific but um right you know just like that sort of stuff you just need to read a ton you know i just i read a ton and you know just really self-educated and you know i i don't see that often anymore like you know even my staff and my staff is great but you know i give them access to jospt and i never see an article printed out i'm like what the hell is going on here like i literally (laughs) walking like just walking around with articles all day long because it's the only way you learn. And even just the first section, a lot of those articles just talks about the prevalence and, you know, how do, how do you know that 90% of, you know, teenage low back injuries are spondylitic if you don't read that in an article, like you're not going to learn that in PT school. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you might potentially think that a kid has a herniated disc. <laughs> in reality, it's a 10% chance that it's a herniated disc and it's 90% of the time going to be an extension injury, you know? So, right. Um, just things like that, you know, yeah. I, I liked the business that I worked for originally. Um, and then, you know, I knew I wanted to start my own thing. And it was just like, okay, when am I going to shit or get off the pot? I had a side hustle, um, you know, doing some, I was living in the city at the time in Boston and, you know, but it's like a lifestyle practice, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you, you know, you can do your requisite, you know, whatever number makes you happy. Um, but I wanted to start a business and, you know, definitely not like a lifestyle, you know, not a lifestyle practice. I wanted to be a business. Yeah, no, for sure. So, so you said a delegation for sure. As a new grad PT, I kind of felt the same way. Um, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you get a, get a kid who's got a bachelor's degree and you're telling them to go to get a hot pack because you you get a doctorate, right. And you're basically the same age. It's yeah, it's, it's nuts. So there's that. And obviously, and also through, I think, uh, the clinical rotations when you're, you know, a student physical therapist and you have PTAs, for example, that have been doing their ish for like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And you're here like, Hey, can you, it's like, wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, just saying my patient, they've got low back pain and this, that, and the other thing. Right, right. For sure. So that was something that, that I definitely struggle with. And I think, um, I think managing delegating, you know, directing a team is something that obviously we don't learn in school, but I think that is something that we all need to, you know, figure out along the way, whether it's on our own, whether, you know, it's, uh, you know, taking more of a, of, you know, of, of a managerial role, uh, as, 
you know, as a physical therapist throughout your couple, like first couple of years of, of, you know, being a, a new grad PT, I think that's super important because it's not a skill that it doesn't come naturally to most, uh, but it is something that will allow you to get to that next level, at least financially speaking. Um, but also if you are planning on being a business owner in the future, that's something that you definitely need to develop. And the sooner you start developing that skill, the better always. So right. my two cents on that. But so going, going back, like, is there anything that you would have done differently? Um, if you knew then, if, if you knew then what you know now? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, that's always the loaded question, right? When you were right. Okay. Could I have done this? You know, hindsight's 2020, right? Javier? Right, right, right. No, I think that, you know, I'm also, you know, I'm also a little bit religious. You know, I think that, you know, God kind of puts you in situations, you know, and that you just, you know, you may not be prepared for, but, you know, you're always going to learn something, right? So absolutely. You know, I think that that's important. You know, I think if you're always learning, you know, then you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? You just, there's a reason why, um, you make certain decisions and, and often at the time it's because it's the best decision you know, at the time. Right. And you know, right. you know, so they gave me an opportunity where, you know, the first business, um, you know, it was a better deal. Uh, I made more, you know, uh, and that's all that really mattered. And, you know, I had the opportunity to work, uh, you know, really for myself in the seaport of Boston and just see some people for cash in my, in my, in my building. And, you know, so I was, I was doing fine, you know, but cool. I think, uh, so that's where I sort of got into the Paul stuff because I was, you know, the cash-based PT. I liked that. Um, but it's not a real, you know, it wasn't a real, it's never a real business because people, people pay, and we both know, so much money per month for their health insurance. I mean, right. now with Obamacare, um, you know, we're talking sometimes these family plans are like two to $4,000 a month people are paying. It's ridiculous. So you're going to tell those people they're paying almost 30 grand a year that they can't use their insurance. And sometimes they even still have deductibles. So they're still, they want, but they want that to go toward their deduct deductibles. So, you know, I think that, uh, especially when you're new to a community to say that you're just going to take cash and just basically say, screw you to everybody who's got, and how do you get the word of mouth referrals going? How do you do all the organic stuff? If you're, if you're not getting people in the people in the door equate to new business, it just is what it is because they're, the word of mouth referrals are literally 60 to 70% of what, <laughs> what comes through my door. Yeah. So the more people I, I, I know that I'm going to have successful future months because more people are coming through my doors because they tell all their friends. And frankly, those are the best leads. Um, you know, and, and I challenge anybody to, you know, what's your volume, right? Because businesses, I don't care who the hell you are. Apple is, is effing successful because they do a shit ton of volume. Amazon, same thing. You know, volume is really what makes I mean, at least in my humble opinion, uh, the success of any business, you know, and then you can figure out the price points that work to be, to be profitable, but right. You know, the effing volume, <laughs> you're yeah. never going to make any money. You know, I don't care if you're charging $5,000 a visit. If two people are paying it, you're only making, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. And nobody's going to pay that. So, so there's only <laughs> an X amount of, you know, what people are willing to pay unless you're, you know, PT to the stars or some sort of crazy one that can fix, you know, that's hilarious. No, it, it, no, it's a good point. I, I think it's a good point. And then I, I, 
it's, I mean, everything you just said is, is right on the money. And, uh, you know, for, for most people, I think the reason that most people don't, and we spoke about this before, but having like some sort of ascension program eventually is, is probably, um, you know, one of the best ways to even capitalize a bit more on the patients that you already have there. Uh, you know, you, you can essentially not, not we've dive into the business side of it. Um, the people who have already invested, um, in their health, the people who already invested their time with you uh, and who trust you are more, more willing to uh, heed your advice um, and your direction and, and do the things that you tell them to do, whether that's go into an, you know, an Ascension program, buy a product that you might you know, sell to them or offer to them because it's beneficial for them. And those are other ways inside of a business to, to be able to be, become more profitable, right? So uh, now that we're on the business side of things, can you tell, can you tell the listeners more about your practice, uh, concierge physical therapy, and how you got started with that? Yeah, so, you know, I saw, you know, I saw a niche and, um, you know, I saw the, some th certain things being done at, um, you know, other places that I had worked that I figured, you know, processes that I figured I could approve upon. And, uh, you know, so I said, okay, it's time for me to kind of go out and do my own thing and, uh, you know, really take, you know, the experience of PT to the next level. And, uh, having worked at the Ritz Carlton and like some different hotels as college jobs, you know, I knew, and I know, you know, what, like what that experience needs to entail. Right. So, and that's literally every, every, every Wednesday I shut down the clinic for two hours and we talk as a staff about how we can improve, um, you know, the experience, you know, the productivity and, um, you know, I don't care how nitpicky it is. Um, you know, I'm always looking for ways to, uh, you know, to one up ourselves in terms of, you know, the products that we offer. Right. And, you know, it's simple things, Javier, and executing them consistently, like using people's names, their first names, greeting them when they walk in, and not just their, their therapist, but everybody, everybody should know everybody's name. Uh, people love to hear their first name, you know, just basic psychology, right? Um, hitting the five senses, the place has to look good, it has to smell good, people have to be presentable, like basic stuff, right? But, you know, my hospital, you know, having a nice, like, you know, you walk in, it's a nice, like, front desk setup. Is granite countertops, you know, the front desk agent is, ex you know, accessible. It's not like they're behind plastic glass, like at every right. doctor's office ever. Right. 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 You know, like, what is that? I, I just, people, <laughs> like, I don't, people are just so used to the status quo that it's, it's so easy for, for people with any brain to just set something up. That's going to be a little bit better. Right. So even if it's a little bit better, people are going to appreciate that. Um, but, uh, you know, the medical model, the big hospitals don't care. So they make it somewhat easy to compete because, you know, they're going to do their thing and they've got all their, you know, their stringent bylaws and guidelines and corporate, you know, mantra stuff that, you know, frankly impedes just the basics of what patients really want, which is accessibility. They right. want appointments, you know, within a reasonable time frame, And they sometimes want to stay with the same therapist and be consistent with that person, you know? Um, but it's just, it's a myriad of things, Javier, and, you know, I don't want to bore anybody, but, you know, I try to pay attention to detail as much as possible. And, uh, you know, I'm always looking for ways, you know, patients get a survey, you know, three times within, you know, through email within the first, you know, I think it's three months of their experience. I love that. And one of the questions that I always ask Javier is, if you were the owner of Concierge PT, what would you do to improve the experience? 
you know, and I hear different things all the time. But That's a great question. I love that. They, I'm going to write that down. You know, they, um, they, and they write random, like, honestly, like the most random stuff. Sometimes <laughs> it's like a line just to like screw it, you know, joke. <laughs> a popcorn machine. <laughs> um, but just like, you know, stuff like, you know, there should be an aid, you know, you know, an aid closing with, you know, the girls at night for safety or just like random stuff that, you know, okay. you don't really think about, uh, but, but other people notice. You know, I'm like, well, are you paying the aid salary? Because I think. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like someone that works for you wrote that one. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, kind of ridiculous. But, <laughs> yeah, um, That's funny. But just little things, Javier. Um, so little yeah, things it's much like you, you, just kinda, you, you know, you, you, you really want to, you know, you feel like you can kind of mentor, you know, and, and grow a generation um, or a staff of people that, that treat and think like you do. And, and for us, you know, when people come in and they're, they're shoulder, they're coming in for a script says shoulder, shoulder pain, you know, I'm not going to treat them just for their shoulder. If their neck is hurting, you know, you wouldn't believe how many PT clinics will literally just only treat the joint that's on the script. Like that's baffling. You're not listening to people. So like, if you just listen to people, they will tell you what they want to be treated. It's right. Treated. It's that like, simple. <laughs> you don't say, listen, you know, and sometimes you have to say if it's their entire body, like, you know, I call it the hot tub treatment. Like, people want to come in. I go, <laughs> listen, you know, I get the hot tub on order, but, uh, you know, come in this week. So pick a couple Might be a few years. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be the hip, the knee, the shoulder, the neck, you know. Put you in the hot tub <laughs> time machine. <laughs> but, uh. You know, I don't know. Is, is that uh, is that kind of summative? Does that give you an idea? Yeah, no, absolutely. That was great. No, definitely, definitely. So, um, as far I know, there's there's a it's another loaded question because there are so many factors that play into anyone wanting to start their own business. But for you specifically, was there was there like one thing that was like the the driving force for you to like you know take that leap of faith and, and go all in into, into your business. That's very successful a year, a year and a month in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I wanted to, to be my own boss, number one. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, really I wanted to be, um, you know, I wanted to offer, you know, and you can't just do that really without knowing that you're going to offer something different in the marketplace. Right. And I think that, instead of focusing on myself and what I want, really what I focused on was how in, in this market can I, can I give the consumer what they want, right? And that's how I shaped this job because I'm still really an employee of the consumer. I'm an employee of the brand concierge. And in order to serve concierge now, you know, my job is to spread awareness of our, of our brand and our, and our practice, um, you know, and... You know, and again, I mean, you know, just from basic business, you know, a basic business standpoint, you, you need to leverage whatever you can. You know, you can only trade so many hours in, a, in the day for, for money, you know, at certain points. Yep. You max out. And, um, you know, I, I want to have, you know, obviously everybody wants to live a nice life, but, you know, I want to be able to provide that for my staff and for my family and for everybody. And I think, you know, so far we've been, you know, we've been doing it. So, but it takes everybody to, um, you know, it takes a team and, you know, we kind of call, call ourselves like a little family and that's, you know, that's, it is a family because, you know, you're so, we're so small still, we get three PTs, a couple aides and, you know, my aunt works the front desk. So it is literally family. And, uh, hmm. you know, I think Javier, it's, it's important to remember, you know, the whole reason I started it is because, you know, I want to have fun. I want to re-enjoy my job again. 
but I also wanted to teach and mentor, make sure that people have, you know, the best possible physical therapy in the area. And, you know, I think we offer pretty damn good products. So, and I, I stand by it. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I just, you know, you just listen to people, you know, right. you, what you, want. you know, if they want manual therapy, you can manual therapy. Yes. Yeah. You know, they're going to yeah. blink. Maybe they get all extra. <laughs> you know, give, give the people what they want. They're the one paying us. So. Right. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's so true. It's so true. So what's, what's, what's next for you? Um, like what are your biggest goals for, for this year and beyond? Yeah. So, you know, I've got a, I've got big things in mind. You know, I definitely want, you know, I always said 10 clinics, um, but really my initial, you know, within the next two years of I'd like to open up, you know, my next location. I really want to get three years under my belt on this one. And, uh, you know, then I'll put up a second location. And I think, frankly, it's, I'm not looking at anything less than 2,500 to 3,000 square feet because I want to get, you know, a decent amount of PTs through there. Okay. From a revenue standpoint, it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's not worth the headache of having to drive, you know, between all these little satellite clinics if they're a thousand square feet each. You get two or three PTs there and you're paying all the, you know, you're accumulating all the stupid overhead stuff that, you, you know, you don't it's just too much overhead. You just don't, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, a couple of bigger clinics. Um, I'd like to have a flagship in, in one of the cities close by um, in Worcester. I'm looking at a couple opportunities there, business deals. Um, so we'll see, you know, I think just trying to take it as slow as possible, Javier, but at the same time, you know, always looking for the right deal. Right. Um, that's huge. Right. Cause the deal is, the deal is everything. You know, if I can, get into the right opportunity where, you know, kind of limit risk and, you know, the upside leverage is, is high, then, you know, I'll do that deal all day long. But, you know, I still, right now I'm not doing any deal for probably a year or two because it's just too soon. I want to see how the numbers work out. And I mean, you know, right. you go to your QuickBooks, you know, not your QuickBooks, but your, your sheets, your Google sheets or your, uh, you know, whatever your numbers, whatever your Excel sheets yeah. and do the business <laughs> plan and project it all day long. But yeah. You know, honestly, until you happens. actually do it, until you start having, you can you can see the actuals against what you plan and your right. growth. Like, I don't care who you are, but you got to look at some actual financials before you say, okay, you know, maybe this is this is good. I need to hedge this up. I need to hedge this down a little bit. Exactly. You know, yeah. temporary expectation. You know, and you always want to be conservative, right? When you're planning out, you try to be as conservative as possible. But you know, you gotta you're doing it for a reason. You know, and it's what I tell my staff. You know. I'm in business to make a profit, you know, and so is every for-profit company. If they're telling you they're not, they're lying to you. Right. So, um, and frankly, or they're bad problems. business owners, they're bad business owners. And, and, you know, and honestly, you know, you're in it for the profit to create better lives for everybody that works with you, you know, Absolutely. Brand, um, because that creates opportunities, you know, and, and people understand that. And if they don't, they're not on the right bus, you know? Right. right. Um, so, you know, again, and I think that, Frankly, the money that comes into your pocket or our pockets um, is a direct result of the experience that people have, you know, and if you can control that as much as possible, and that's why I'm so finicky about everything that happens in my clinic in terms of what people see, how clean it is, how it smells, how people are dressed, you know, it's a direct result. And, and I have yet to hear somebody tell me that it's not, you know, yep. you got to be on your game 99, you know, a hundred percent of the time, you know, and if you got a bad day, leave it at the door. And, you know, I think that, uh, let people speak, you know, let people talk about their, 
you know, themselves. And most people just want to talk about themselves. I mean, let's yep. be honest. People love yeah. to talk. About no, it's, it's, so. it's absolutely right. Absolutely right. And here I, I, love I, go, that, here that, I go. I've been talking about myself for 40 minutes. <laughs> well, this is what this is all about. <laughs> that's why I got you on here. <laughs> um, no, but that, that's a great point. I think, you know, the, the show must go on whether you're having a bad day or not, like the patient doesn't deserve that negative energy because I think that's something that I see, I have seen often uh, in other PT clinics is where, you know, pay, a physical therapist is having a bad day and we all have bad days, it happens. But at the end of the day, like the people who are coming in who are hurting are not having the best day either. So if there's two people that are, that are both there, that both people aren't having a good day, Two negatives. I don't care what anyone says. Do not make a positive in this scenario. <laughs> so my baby daughter was four months old. She had an explosive diarrhea. Congratulations! In the clinic today. That's awesome. I was her during my meeting, and she just shit all over the place. Like, <laughs> straight through her pajamas, like onto my shirt, everything. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so, like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a crass story. So I'm not going to tell like my Medicare patients, but uh, you know, it's. Uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta take, you know, take it, take it everything lightly, and uh, you know, live life, and you know, if you're gonna joke about that stuff, you know, that's people. Some people enjoy it. They'll, they'll love that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, you gotta, you know, it's it's good. You know, it's you good. Enjoy the ride. That's it. That's that's um, honestly what what I'm learning right now is just just enjoy the ride. I've never, I've always understood it, but never have I had to actually force myself to do it because the things that you expect to happen. Uh, as quickly as you want them to happen, don't. So now I'm just having a good time. It's, you know, putting the work in always, but just uh, understanding that every, all good things really do take time. So um, absolutely enjoy the ride. You know, and I've got a, uh, I've got a business mentor, one of my uh, good friends, his father comes in every week and we talk about, you know, he kind of just keeps me grounded. You know, he, he ran a, you know, a couple multi, multi, you know, million dollar organizations and uh, you need that. You know, I think that any, any um, new grad PT, you know, if they can find somebody who's willing to give them a little bit of, you know, true mentorship and maybe not even in our field, you know, I think for business, I think it's intelligent to get somebody who's in our field uh, and then somebody who's completely different, right? So yep. I've, got two. I've, got, I've got a guy who's in the field whom I used to work with. Uh, Dave Kern, he's awesome. And uh, so I asked him like industry specific stuff because he's, you know, he started his clinic uh, 2015 and he's already got his second location up and he doesn't even treat it anymore. He's killing hmm. it. Um, so we're in 20, was it 2014 or 20, like 2015, I think he started in Medford, Mass. And uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's just, so you need one, a mentor in the industry. Javier, in my opinion, okay, completely outside of the industry to be able to give you, you know, the full breadth of, because people who aren't in our industry are going to see things that we're blatant, Com you know? Yeah, completely they know, different. They know, they know straight up business standards, like 10% on marketing and, you know, 5% on rent and just, right. That, you know, other people, when you look to go, you know, sell your practice, you know, straight business people are going to have the same opinions that you're, you know, the people outside of your, you know, PTs are going to have different opinions as to what their practices are worth than, 
Right, right. I think there's that. And there's also the point that you brought up earlier about, you know, you uh, working for Ritz Carlton as, as an example. You know, I think for me, I also worked the, like the restaurant industry for about seven years. So even just that allowed me to see, you know, what we do as physical therapists and, and what a business uh, should should flow like um, from a different lens, from a different perspective, as far a lot of it as far as a customer service goes. Um, so in relation to what you were saying about having someone that's in business, that's in a completely different industry, uh, they're able to see things that we might not, you know, see that we may have neglected, not because we wanted to, but just because we haven't been exposed to it in other, in other ways. So I think, I think that's a great, great piece of advice. Yeah, definitely. But, um, awesome. Sean, thank you so much, man. That was great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's my pleasure. And, uh, thanks for having me and, uh, for sure. You know, we'll have to catch up. I'm actually going to be in Miami this weekend. Oh, you are? Yeah, I don't know. I'm actually. Yeah, that's that's funny. I'm actually flying there uh, Friday night for my brother. I had, <laughs> so we're still we're still on the podcast here. But just a funny story. I I was telling with my friends because my brother. So I basically told him, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to Miami for my brother's gender reveal on on Saturday, and he's like, listen, I'm kind of old school. I don't know like your brother's gender reveal, like. What's, what does that even mean? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. My brother's baby's gender reveal. He's having a baby and we're going to figure out what, what it is. Oh <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's like, what's going on down there? I'm like, I don't know. No, anyway, so I'll, I'll be in Miami too this weekend. So who knows? Maybe, what, what are you going to be doing there? Uh, my buddy's getting married at the, the addition. The addition. I know where that's at. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. so that's where I'm staying for the next few days, and I'll fly in there tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, so hit me up. We'll grab some coffee or something. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Sean. Uh, where can people find you if they want to find out more about you, your practice, and and the amazing things that you're doing for the people of Massachusetts? Yeah. So you can email me. Uh, so it's drlord at conciergephysicaltherapy.com. Check out the website. You know, I'm sure my information's on there too. That's conciergephysicaltherapy.com. Um, you know, or just call a business and, you know, I'll try to give you, you know, let's get something on, on the books if people have questions and, you know. Awesome. Oh, sweet. This is great, Javier. Hey. Do this again. Excellent. Definitely, definitely. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint. If you have any questions or would like to speak to us directly about your New Grad PT experience, please do not hesitate to contact us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. As always, we welcome you to join our free New Grad PT Mentorship group on Facebook. And we'd also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram at the New Grad PT Mentors. If you can think of at least one person who can benefit from listening to this episode today, please be sure to share it with them. We look forward to seeing you and them on the next episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint. Thank you. Have an amazing day.